Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, friends, and welcome to episode 45 of the Still Space podcast, Age Discrimination, What You Need to Know to Get Hired Anyway. I'm really fired up today, so let's get rolling. Many of you probably have recently seen the most recent advertisement for Upwork. Upwork used to be Elance, a place where freelancers would go to find work and people who wanted to find independent contractors would go to look for those contractors. Well, recently they've had an ad, I'm sure it's still on TV, where they show a mummified older manager leader who won't make decisions to hire freelancers. And it's clearly discriminating against older workers, making it seem stereotypical that they won't entertain hiring freelancers. And this absolutely drove me nuts because I have so many clients who are in the 45 and up age range who are experiencing age discrimination. And I sat on my living room couch watching this ad and saying to myself, would we have put a person of color, sexual orientation, religious distinction, ethnicity in this ad and thought that that would be okay? No, we would not because it would not be okay to discriminate against a subset of the population, but it's okay to portray an aging worker as the person who wouldn't want to hire a freelancer. And ha ha ha, isn't that funny? No, it isn't funny. It absolutely is not funny. And I will go to other sources to find my freelancers. There are many of them out there. Fiverr is a good one. Before I would ever go to Upwork after I saw that ad because I have felt the pain of my clients who are experiencing this. And then today, and the reason why I'm doing this podcast on this topic is because I'm so fired up about what I saw today, there was... Um, a fairly young recruiter who posted something on LinkedIn saying, isn't it terrible that this woman came to her interview and all she did was complain about how she's been on 12 interviews and because of her age, she isn't being hired. Well, you know, let's have a little compassion. That probably is her experience. But what I want to help you do is not show up as this woman did with this recruiter, who she is clearly not going to be hired. And I want you to show up with strong 
presence with strong sense of self, sense of knowing your strengths and your value proposition, and not so beat down by negative experiences that you're allowing that to be the first thing that you say. So A, let's be a little bit more compassionate as people working in the workforce to what our aging workers are experiencing. And B, if you are an aging worker, let's not show up biased against ourselves in the interview. So let's start out with some statistics on what's important here. Age is one of the first things we notice about other people. That's human nature. Let's not deny that. Ageism arises when age is used to categorize and divide people in ways that lead to harm, disadvantage, and injustice. And this erodes solidarity across generations. It's discrimination. Ageism takes on different forms across the life course. A teenager might, for instance, be ridiculed for starting a political movement. Both older and younger people might be denied a job because of their age. An older person might be accused of just not knowing enough technology. They just can't stay with the times. That's discrimination. 67% of workers aged 40 to 65 plan to continue to work after they turn 66. Between 2011 and 2021, 207,000 plus U.S. workers filed age discrimination claims with the EEOC. That number is going down. That's not helpful because ageism is going up and the lawsuits are going down because it's very difficult to prove. In 2021 alone, there were 12,965 age discrimination charges filed with the EEOC. Still, over 50% of co-workers who witnessed instances of age discrimination did not report it. While age discrimination is prominent across industries, as many as 70% of older workers in the technology industry report experiencing or witnessing ages. And I'm going to give you another statistic on that in a little bit. Although older adults are brought in for interviews at a rate similar to younger applicants, older workers are offered jobs 40% less frequently than younger candidates with similar skills. What does age discrimination look like in the workplace? The percentage among workers who reported age discrimination, here's how this broke down. Unwanted jokes, 27%. Harassment or bullying, 27%. Passed up for raises or promotions, 41%. Passed up for other opportunities, 45% and other 12% as reported by Senior Living Survey. Data from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics and Census estimates reveal that in 2020, 19.5% of Americans aged 65 or older were working or looking for work. In 1985, only 10% of older Americans were in the labor force. However, the number of older Americans in the workforce has grown since then and is projected to continue to rise. By 2030, Americans aged 65 or older are expected to make up 9.5% of the entire workforce. The number of workers aged 65 or older will increase by 52% between 2020 and 2030. So there you have it. More people are going to stay in the workforce a lot of times it's because they have to. Much of it is because we're living longer and we want to. 
Approximately 453,000 U.S. workers filed age discrimination claims with the EEOC between 97 and 2020. In fact, workplace age discrimination claims made up 22% of all claims reported to the EEOC in 2020. 14,183 workers filed age discrimination claims with the EEOC in 2020. These numbers represent a 39% decrease from 2010. Around 6% of the claims filed in 2020 ended in settlements totaling 76.3 million, noting again a decrease in the claims. Why is that? Because this is very difficult to prove. Overall, approximately one in five workers over 40 and one in four workers over 60 have personally experienced age-related discrimination on the job. Another one in five workers in their 40s have witnessed age discrimination in their workplace, and nearly half of workers in that age group have heard stories from colleagues who'd experienced age discrimination. Often, discrimination begins during the hiring process. In fact, only 6% of employees use unbiased recruitment processes when seeking new employees, and this can have an impact on older seekers. Researchers in the United Kingdom found that 50-year-old job seekers are up to three times less likely to be selected for interviews than younger professionals with less experience. There is also research from Angela Ruskin and Cyprus Universities that found that white men under 50 are nearly two times more likely to get an interview than those over 50, although those odds aren't great. Older men and women of color are even more likely to experience age discrimination. The same study revealed that younger white men were 2.3 times more likely to get an interview than 50-year-old white women, 2.6 times more likely than 50-year-old black men, and three times more likely to be selected for interviews than 50-year-old black women. So there you have it. Age discrimination is all too common in the United States, but employers can take preventative measures to protect everyone in their workforce, regardless of age. More than a 1,000 companies, including Ace Hardware and H&R Block, have recently pledged to provide more job opportunities for older workers and create equitable recruitment efforts to attract workers of all ages. In addition to making commitments like these, companies need to take decisive action to combat age discrimination. This can be done by creating accommodations to support and retain older members of their existing workforces. AARP researchers recently discovered that adding flexible work options could have helped 75% of people aged 50 and older to stay in the workforce longer. Additionally, they found that providing additional training could have helped 55% of older employees who stopped working to stay in the workforce. Employers should also recognize that increasing the diversity in their teams, including age diversity, is great for business. Companies with more age-diverse teams experienced increased productivity and reduced turnover. Research from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development OECD revealed that increasing the share of older workers in a firm by 10% boosts productivity by 1.1% and reduces turnover by 4%. Who doesn't want that in their organization? 
Now let's talk a little bit about the stereotypes that older workers get. Some of the most common workplace stereotypes related to people over 50 include difficult to manage, resistant to change, technophobia, less innovative. Let me repeat these because when you're interviewing, when you're writing a cover letter, when you're writing your resume, you want to give examples of exactly the opposite of these. Difficult to manage. So how are you going to work into your cover letter and your resume and your conversations that you're a quick learner, you're always looking to go above and beyond, those types of things combat the difficult to manage. Many times they will think that, oh, this person's a know-it-all. They'll want my job. I'm really interested in learning about this industry, about your organization, about your management style. Show that thirst for knowledge, not being a know-it-all. When you're the person who comes across like, oh, yes, I've done that. Oh, yes, I've done that. They're thinking difficult to manage. Second barrier, resistant to change. How can you demonstrate in your resume, cover letter, conversations that you thrive on change, that you're innovative, that you want to learn new things? The technophobic, how can you work into these same things I'm talking about, that you're quick to learn technology, that you've actually implemented new technology, that you've researched new technology, that you've used new certain new technology to accomplish what? Something measurable and less innovative. I mean, this is just such stereotypical nonsense, but knowing that this is what people think, we have to make sure that we pack our tool belt with examples of how we are innovative and what we have created and measurably what that led to. But like all stereotypes, ageism is informed by negative and typically inaccurate assumptions and beliefs about aging and ability, even though today's older workers are more diverse and more educated than previous generations. Now, let me stress this again. Assumptions, typically inaccurate assumptions, negative assumptions, we as people applying for roles, cannot take on assumptions that deplete our ability to innovate, easily be managed, easily adapt to change, all the things we're talking about here. So mindset is key. And we talk often about the C principle, S for story, followed by an an emotion, and then A, the action that we take. So let's start with the story. Is the story that you're telling yourself, well, I'm too old, or like that woman I referenced at the beginning of the podcast, I just can't get anywhere. I've had several interviews. Is that what you keep telling yourself over and over and over in your head? Or How about a story that sounds like this? You know, I've accomplished a lot in my career. I'm now at a phase in my career when I want to focus on something that I really love. And I don't need to wear all the hats. I'm really interested in wearing one hat and doing it really well in this area of my signature strength and bringing my value proposition, insert whatever that value proposition is, my clients and I work very closely to define that, such that I can show up to be of value. Because it's not just getting the job, it's winning the respect of everybody on the team and in the organization once you get into the job. It's also been scientifically shown that age does not correlate with ability. 
Write this down, okay? Scientifically shown that age does not correlate with ability, intellectual function, performance, creativity, interest, or overall performance. What's more, older workers do not cost significantly more than younger workers, which is sometimes the bias in corporate America. And age-diverse teams are often more productive, improve organizational performance, and reduce employee turnover. So everything that you say today in the news and in the media about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're part of that inclusion. And your diversity on that team is important because you bring to the team tenacity, resourcefulness. People in their 50s taught themselves how to use a computer. They taught themselves technology. They didn't grow up with it from the first day they went to school. They knew they had to learn it. Talk about resourceful. I want those people on my team. People are working today longer than their parents and their grandparents did. Older workers typically remain on the job longer, which helps provide employers with more stability and a great return on investment. In contrast, millennials leave their employers on average after three years. Age-based resignations leave older employees feeling isolated, disrespected, fearing for the future. And that's the mindset. Again, if you have been laid off, terminated, had a reduction in force where you're working, whatever, looking for a new job and finding it difficult, pay attention to what's in your own head. Because if you're showing up, underscoring all of this bias that's out there today, you're undercutting your own value. But if you are showing up, not even thinking that age is an issue because you're smart, you're educated, you're experienced, you know your signature strengths, you know your value proposition, you're talking about examples of how you put them together, what they measurably accomplished, how you can do that for this organization, the research you've done on this organization, how the organization's values dovetail with your values. All of these things Get a hiring manager excited. They're seeing past your age. They're saying this person is a value and I need this person on my team. Not only does age discrimination make individuals feel older than their chronological age, but it also reduces physical and mental health. This is what you need to be aware of because when you're stuck in that story of I'm too old, I'm not going to get hired, the emotion that follows is somewhat depressing and the action that follows that, the C principle, story is I'm too old, emotion is despair, action is I'm going to do nothing, then it starts to affect your physical and mental health. It also can shorten lifespan, increases social isolation and loneliness, reduces financial security, decreases quality of life, increases instances of depression. As many as 6.3 million global depression cases are attributed to ageism, can lead to premature death. Furthermore, ageism costs $63 billion per year in excess costs related to the eight most expensive health conditions. This is not what you deserve. You're smarter than this. You're going to adopt a new story after you've done the homework of identifying your signature strengths, how you've used them, 
have letters of reference from people that can solidify how you've used them and what that's measured out to be because you've asked for those letters of reference and you've given those colleagues the numbers, the measurable key accomplishments to put into those letters. Now here's some statistics on employees who notice ageism in the workplace by gender. Women notice it more at 75% and men notice it 60%. Only 8% of companies have diversity hiring strategies in place. Okay, if you have a high percentage of people that are noticing age discrimination, but only 8% of companies have hiring strategies in place to address this, this is a problem. One way to help combat the problem is to include age-diverse photos, graphics, and content on a company's website, which signals to prospective employees that the company is committed to attracting a multi-generational workforce. In your organization, is there an inclusion council? Because this is where you can weigh in on things like this. Another method is to avoid potentially discouraging ageist language in job descriptions, like tech savvy and digital native. This is code for older workers don't apply. That's discrimination. Specifically, there are three types of age discrimination. There is discrimination in job elimination. So we're going to lay people off. We're going to lay off the older person and divide their work up among a couple of people until the prescribed amount of time and then we'll in a year hire somebody else into that role much younger where we can pay them younger right or discrimination in promotions well he or she or they aren't going to be here very long so we're not going to promote that person or discrimination in job advertisements where they're saying things like I just said tech savvy Okay, now let's get into some good news and what we can do about this. 90% of the population live to celebrate their 65th birthday, mostly in good health. The young old will remain productive for longer, not because they need to, but because they can. Older persons can add great economic value both as workers and as consumers. Intergenerational conflicts in the workplace can be viewed in a more compatible positive light if companies adopt the changes that older workers are looking for, such as flexible hours, a working space designed for wellness in mind, and the opportunity to keep learning. Academics have found that older people in multi-generational teams tend to boost the productivity of those around them, and such mixed teams perform better than single-generation ones. All of the research is showing this about all types of diversity. Having people of different races, different religions, different colors. This is what makes us at our best. An older economy is emerging indicating that people over 50 will soon account for 70% of disposable income, according to a Nielsen study. 40% of adventure travelers are over age 50. Persons in their 80s now have a fitness coach, use a smartphone, book travel on the web, and set up dating profiles. Consumption in the developed world's cities will come mostly from those 
who are over 60. Many older people are now part of the gig economy, which suits them well because they're content to work part-time and are not looking for a career progression. You know, hiring managers often are afraid you want their job. Part of what you want to do is convince them that you don't want their job. You've done management roles. You've done other roles. You're looking to spend a lot of time helping in one signature strength area. And you could say that in a way, it might sound something like this. What is keeping me from being the top candidate for this position? Now, they're not going to tell you it's your age. Whatever they say, you'll have a a nice answer for and make sure that you weave into that answer. You know, at this point in my career, I've done a lot of things and I've had a lot of responsibility and I'm really looking forward to doing XYZ position where I can actually just focus on whatever it is that is the outcome of that position. Because I've been very good at that, and that is a signature strength of mine, and then show the measurable accomplishments in that area. Let's talk about ways to reduce the ageism altogether. Let's heighten some sensitivity to the stereotyping of old people, please. Can we stop doing that? Upwork, can you stop making fun of older people being the only people out there that might not want to hire somebody freelance? Create greater exposure to diversity in the personal characteristics of older people. Have greater commitment to recognizing and responding to diversity in dealing with older people. Make deliberate use of perspective to see the older person as an individual and not a stereotype. Seek out opportunities to promote the social attractiveness of older people. Strengthen institutional practices that promote the norm of human heartedness, well-being, mindfulness, desensitize ourselves to the stigma of degeneration and dependency, review policies and practices for evidence of stigmatizing through disrespect, particularly by not treating older people as an indivisible group, mandate inclusiveness of older people in policy planning and implementation, Now I'm going to give you some very specific tips that I give to my clients. We're going to get into some specifics here. So number one tip is be the part. Look at the culture of the organization that you're applying into. You can get to know people on LinkedIn that work there. Look at the website. How are they dressing? Dress similarly, be in good shape, study contemporary magazines to notice what are the trends? What are the trends at work? What are the trends at this organization? Like it or not, image matters. When you are in good shape, you have the presence that shows confidence. Somebody sees you in good shape, sees you taking good care of yourself, When you do take good care of yourself, you're saying to yourself that I matter and that other people can notice. You matter. And if you matter, you're taking good care of your health, good care of your eating, good care of your exercise. All very important to being the part. Show that you understand discipline and structure by how you take care of yourself. Eat well. Do yoga, meditate, pray. 
Read material that inspires you every day. Develop mindful practices that keep you grounded. Other people are less apt to care about you if they think you don't think highly enough of yourself to take care of yourself. Your appearance gives a first and lasting impression. What three routines, and my clients and I work very closely on this, what three routines will you start that are going to say to yourself, my well-being matters. Is that a mindful walk every day where you're not regurgitating difficult conversations or thoughts that don't serve you, where you're staying in the moment, you're noticing the pace of your breathing, you're noticing the weight of each step as it walks along the ground, you're noticing your environment. It might be meditation, it might be prayer, it might be reading a thoughtful passage from a daily devotional, but these routines keep you in the zone of I matter, I can show up, I'm capable, I'm ready. Number two, seek to work on things that are one, measurable, two, not easily transferable, three, innovative, and four, hold a high learning curve. Now, this is for the people that are presently employed. Work on things that are measurable and not easy to teach somebody because if your job is too transferable, the older you get, they're going to phase you out. They could, I should not say they are, but they could phase you out and have somebody young come in and do that job because it's so easily taught to somebody else. Be innovative. Come up with things that nobody thought of. Be that go-to person, that must-have person on the team. Hold a high learning curve. Make sure that what you're working on is not easily learned. This includes relationship building, specific expertise, soft skills, leadership, strategic ability. If you aren't doing these things, get into them. Start doing them. If that means leaving the company or transferring to a different role, consider it before they can replace you with somebody younger at half the cost. We don't want you to be dispensable. What is measurable about your work? And there is always something measurable. You're working for an organization that is either making money or decreasing costs or doing something for somebody. What does that measure out to? Because you're part of a team and that team is contributing to that and that team is measuring something as well. What about your work as a high barrier to entry? Not easily transferable. And transferable skills fall into three areas. Communication, organization of information, and fixing and operating of systems and equipment. Those transferable skills that you have are great if you're looking for another job Not great if it's really easy for someone to come in and do your job. Another tip, work for a company that lives the values that hang on the wall. And that means you have to know your values to see if they coincide with the company values. Do you know what your values are? What matters most to you? And that would be things that nobody can take away from you. might be your love of family, your love of freedom, tenacity, authenticity, creativity. These are core, core beliefs of yours that you hone into and draw on. What is it that's important to you? Do your personal values align with those of the company you're working with? Does leadership within the company live the values? Because we all have company values that we hang on the wall, but is that organization actually living the values? 
Tip number four, make time to mentor others. Share your expertise, counsel people, have an open door, be the person no one wants to see let go. Think right now, I will mentor who? Who in your organization can you bring that power to? Tip five, have a response ready for when the interviewer says, you're overqualified, which is just code for, I think you're going to continue to look for another job. You might want my job. You're not going to fit in here. This is ageism. And an answer might be, you know, I've spent my career with the pressures of corporate America. At this point, I'm excited to find a role where I can put my expertise to work to accomplish something without the intrinsic noise around me. How would you respond right now? to being told you are overqualified. You might want to jot down on a piece of paper how you might answer that and revisit it after this podcast. Tip six, network with people outside your age group. Who will you develop a relationship with outside of your age group? Joint meetup groups, LinkedIn groups, alumni associations, professional and community organizations, visit new restaurants, subscribe to your town's newspaper or online calendar or events that are on an online calendar, stream popular television series, listen to podcasts from thought leaders outside your generation. There are many generations in the workforce right now. The greatest generation, 1901 to 27, the silent generation, 28 to 45, baby boomers, 46 to 64, Gen X, 65 to 80, millennials, 81 to 95, Gen Z, 96 to 2010, the alpha generation, 2011 to 2025. Lots of people in the workforce right now. Makes it difficult for managers because you really have to understand the interests, the inclinations of the different generations. But when we can embrace all of it and allow people to play to their strengths and welcome their perspective, that's when we get the best innovative work. Tip number seven, define your strengths and be able to speak to how you've used them to create measurable results. I think you've heard me say that four or five times on this podcast. And if you're saying to yourself, there's a thought, there's a story there. Well, I don't have any, which makes me depressed about that. No, you do have them, which makes you feel worthy, talented, capable. You just have to spend some time figuring them out. These results should have numbers in them. Increased sales 8% in the first year, decreased costs 9%. Ask your friends and colleagues to define your strengths. Go online and take free strengths assessments. Build your self-awareness so you can be in a role that aligns with your talents. If I were to ask you right now, what is your greatest strength? What would that be? What's an example of how you put that to use? Tip eight, write down three people over the age of 55 who you admire. Then list what you observe about them that draws you to them. What will you do to emulate them? What is it about their presence? Is it executive presence? Is it relatability? What is it that intrigues you? Noticing others helps to put something in our mind to play to. Tip nine, separate your lifelong career accomplishments from any limiting instance at hand. 
If you've been laid off or terminated, I can't tell you enough how amazing you still are. Don't tie a whole career's worth of achievements to one limiting instance from one manager in one team in one organization. And we don't want to blame them either because that would be judgmental and that doesn't help us be mindful and happy and at peace. We can just observe that this limiting instance occurred, but that doesn't define me. I am not going to be identified by this that has happened and allow it to sit as stories in my head that have emotions that follow that hamstring my mojo and clip my action down so that I don't show up as the true, thoughtful, energetic, capable, innovative leader that I am. And tip number 10, visit resource sites that support your goals on a regular basis. AARP Foundation Back to Work 50 Plus program is one of them. The Age of No Retirement.org is another. Boomerworks.org. The Diana Davis Spencer Foundation Fellowship for Entrepreneurs of All Ages who are creating and cultivating U.S. based jobs for people over 50. Their website is globalgoodfund.org slash apply. How about Elder Orphans Facebook group, supportive community with practical advice related to aging well and independently? Encore, which matches skilled seasoned professionals and special purpose organizations in high-impact paid transitional programs. It's encore.org slash fellowships slash the Institute for Career Transition, ictransitions.org, the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, kaufman.org. Leading Age has 6,000 plus members representing the entire field of aging services, including 38 state partners, hundreds of businesses, consumer groups, and foundation. That's at leadingage.org. The National Caucus and Center for Black Aging at ncba-aged.org, the National Council on Aging, ncoa.org, the National Older Workers Career Center, www.nowcc.org, and Second Shift, the secondshift.org. Be aware of DEI initiatives and your open perspective. Be very aware of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in your town and around the globe. Immerse yourself in them. Do not allow yourself to get boxed into antiquated thinking. This is biased and will aid you for sure. Remain open to other people's perspectives. You need not be right because you are interested in getting it right. Innovative workplaces are very open and inclusive. As leaders, let's not stereotype. Aren't our employees' failures ultimately our failures? We're the leader. We're responsible. Embrace the expertise and wisdom of each employee individually so that you may place them in roles where they can feel fulfilled and benefit the company. Align their values with that of the organizations. If you have somebody that's not happy in their role and they're not performing, get to the root of what matters to them and figure out if you can tie something that values to them to the work that they're doing. Make sure they are in the right seat on the bus. Set them up with measurable goals so their value speaks for itself. 
so that they can feel good about their work. Support them with productive tools and professional development tailored for their individual needs. They will pay for themselves, I guarantee you. They are good listeners. Detail-oriented, punctual, dedicated, confident, focused, attentive, and have advanced critical thinking skills. Let's give them a chance. As individuals, let's remain open to learning new things taking risks and opening our perspective on how to put our talents to good use. Seek out new opportunities to diversify skills. The bus is bigger than you think. There is room for everyone. Let's make room so top talent seeks our team as the best place to work. Not despite our culture, but because of our culture. I have a lot of material on my website about positioning yourself the best way you can for an interview and for a new role. So I encourage you to go over to MaryLeeGannon.com and pick up any of the free materials that are there. I write them because I want to see people not suffer and not in pain because hiring practices aren't set up for them to succeed. And the sad part about those hiring practices is they're not set up for the company to succeed either. My most important focus is for you to succeed, my loyal listeners and followers. And I am here for you. There's all kinds of information there. If you have any questions about anything, you can send me an email anytime. I am with you on this. You are amazing. Your age has nothing to do with anything. As a matter of fact, it's part of your signature strength. Now, in closing, I just want to bring it down a little bit because I think this podcast has been filled with a lot of data and a lot of reminiscing and a lot of pain maybe for people. So I just want everybody to take just a very deep breath and a slow out breath. And remember, may I be well, may I be at my best. May I remember all of the things that I have going for me, my wisdom, my experience, my strengths, my knowledge, my relatability, all while breathing in and breathing out. May I be well. May all of the people in the world who are looking for their next role, may they be well too. May they remember all of the things that make them shine. May they remember their measurable accomplishments. May they remember how they relate to other people, all that they have achieved, the differences that they have made. All while breathing in and out, may they be well. And may hiring managers broaden their perspective to see all of the attributes that a diverse workforce brings to the table, to balance each other, to have continuity to deep listen to each other and grow together to advance an organization and advance our fulfillment in our careers. May we all be well. Breathing in.
breathing out anything that doesn't serve me, breathing in all good thoughts and new stories, breathing out other stories that no longer are useful, breathing in good exhilarating emotions that follow great thoughts about ourselves, breathing out emotions that time has passed, breathing in great action that we're ready to take, breathing out all the tired action that's just passed. Now just taking a moment for another slow breath, and I am wishing you a wonderful career journey. If you need anything, I'm here from you, wishing you a blessed day. Are you tired of chasing success and feeling exhausted and disappointed? If so, join me in the Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle, where you'll learn how to show up with executive presence, develop a sought-after leadership identity, and advance at the executive level without it costing you well-being or close relationships. This is for you if you feel disrespected, ineffective, and frustrated about not being recognized for your value, are in a new role, or reaching for something big and notice unresolved issues keep you from being effective. Can't stop thinking, saying, or doing something that doesn't serve you, your career, or your personal life? Are judged by age bias? Have been passed over for promotion or higher? Have stopped dreaming big and believing you can have it? The Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Coaching Circle helps you change things that you don't like about your career and life by helping you honestly assess where you are now with all the outside factors, you know, the bureaucracy, corporate politics, personal agendas, posturing, relationship drama, and the internal factors like doubt, fear, anger, frustration, expectations, assumptions, and create a different outcome. Every day you have lots of thoughts and feelings. Take action on those and generate results, creating the life you're presently living. If we change just one of those things, the way you think about your day, your career, your abilities, the people in your life, anxiety over the past or the future or right now, the outcome is different. I know a little bit about progress. I went quickly from welfare to CEO of a $33 million organization after a very difficult divorce. And I found love, too. Success is freedom, not more hours. This is for you if you want to get off the treadmill to nowhere and feel respected and taken seriously with high emotional intelligence. Be the quickly sought after and trusted choice for any team, project, leadership, promotion, or hire. If you want to earn more, stop wasting time on busy work like hiring resume writers, getting another degree, going to conferences, relying on self-help books, ruminating, browsing jobs boards, blaming, complaining. Have self-control in your life choices, eating, exercise, sleep, relationships. No more snacking down your disappointments. You want to be included and close to the people who matter while it still matters. You'll get career information you have never heard before for fast track advancement. Leadership impact plan that is personal to you. Tools to maintain your executive presence and value proposition. A well-being planner mailed to your home as well as personal coaching for your personal situation. All you have to do is go over to maryleegannon.com 
click on coaching and learn more about Mindful Leader Satisfied Life, and I'll see you on the other side. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. 